0: Uh, it's a good day today. Uh, you know, the weather's been great. I know for yesterday, if you're a college football fan, it was probably a really tough day if you're an A&M fan or, or an OU fan. But honestly, I couldn't handle an A&M fan who beat Alabama. So for me, it's fine. Um, that would have been just a little too much. Sorry, Brad. Um, he's my friend. Yeah, sorry about that. <coughs> <laughs> Today we begin a conversation that was going to take place over the next about eight weeks, and it's on our vision process that we're going to be uh, starting here at our church. This has been a process that has been going on in some way, shape, or form since uh, 2019. Um, the vision team itself comprises close to 17 to 20 people. It's got some elders on it, some, uh, some uh, staff, but, but mainly members of our congregation and they've been having conversation for almost 16 months now but it's been a process that has been it's just been inspiring to me it's been encouraging it's been a it's been a process that has been bathed in prayer from start to finish these these people your elders have been seeking the holy spirit it, it's it's been a process that's been surrounded by asking questions what does the holy spirit want for us, where where is is God leading this church? Um, in 2019, we were in the fall of 2019. We were going through a book as a staff and as an eldership that talked about how you manage changing culture, because as as it was even spoken this morning, um, our world is a little chaotic, and it seems like it's been getting more and more chaotic over the last decade. It's it's just. One of those things that creeps up on you. So we're going through this book, and the book centers around uh, looking at the Lewis and Clark Expedition. And this this group, they call it a core of Discovery, was uh, several people, but they wanted to find the Northwest Passage that hopefully would take them to the Pacific Ocean. And they thought it was going to be a relatively simple canoe ride all the way there. Well, when they arrived at the Rocky Mountains, they realized the landscape in front of them looked very little like the landscape behind them. So, what do you do? How do you navigate mountains when you assumed it was going to be a canoe ride? They still had a mission to complete. They were tasked, I think, by Jefferson himself to find. This way west. But they had the choice to figure out how they were going to best do that together. Now, the world has been changing. It's it's always changing. I mean, always. It doesn't matter what kind of peace we have, shifts are occurring. This has been a conversation we've been having for a while, since 2019 and before. You know, the, the question is how are we going to navigate the new landscape? How are we going to navigate some of these? Some of these cultural changes, where is God leading us? And what we discovered is that the mission of God has never changed. And God actually told us what his mission was in the very beginning, back in in Genesis when he's, he's talking with Jacob. He tells this to Jacob. He says, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. He says, I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south. And here it is. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. God's mission from the very beginning, I mean even looking at Adam and Eve, He gave them a place to be free, without shame. He gave them a beautiful garden to call their own. His whole point in creation was to bless the world. The last words of Jesus, that He spoke to His followers before He ascended, was to go. He said, to teach, to baptize. And and those words weren't simply so that we could just grow this organization. He did it because when you live the way of Jesus, you will be blessed. When you live in such a a way that that Jesus is is showing through you, you will not only be blessed yourself, but you will bless others. This is something that we've been trying to do for quite some time now. According to Paul, after Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection. God's people became a larger group of people. His his grace and mercy has always been for the world. But to be called part of his family, his chosen people, it expanded to more than simply the natural descendants of Abraham. Looking at Galatians chapter uh, 3, he says, Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So our ongoing question, and I'm sure you've been asking it for generations here, has been how are we going to bless the community that God has placed us within? How are we going to use our gifts, our resources, to bless in the midst of a changing culture. Now we know God has a mission. In, in the past, I've even said God has a mission for His church. But as we have said over the last, I think we said this in the last year, and I think it's actually a better phrase, I think God's, that, that, you know, God's mission has a church. The mission of God has a church. But mission and vision are a little bit different because we are a unique group of believers. We're gifted in unique ways. There is not another church like us in San Angelo. Now, does that mean that all the other churches are, you know, wrong or worse? No. It means that we are different because our collective gifts and skills create a different organism than other churches. I was talking with someone this morning in our class, and they were trying to understand what's the difference between mission and vision. And, and I said, well, vision is really how we get to fulfill the mission of God. For example, Southgate Church of Christ right down the road, you know, they do some great things. W- what, what's one thing that they have that we don't? They have a school, and their school is booming. It's very successful, and they're doing some great things. We don't have a school because for some reason, our particular interests don't lie in that particular area. Does that mean that we should, oh, we need to have a school so we can compete? No. God's using them in the way that they've been gifted. And God's using us, our church, in the way that we have been gifted. How we live into that mission depends on how God has gifted us. Now the mission of, of, of the church is the same for every church. And no matter what kind of churches there are all around us, everybody has different gifts. And so how we live into that mission again is the vision that God has for his people our trajectory may look a little different than other churches because we bear different gifts and skills but we're still all here to bless we are light right Jesus said you are salt you are light he didn't say be salt be light he said you are salt your faith makes you salt and light so so we are here to bless We are light. We are here to disciple, to make disciples, to teach, to baptize people into living a life that looks like Jesus. And the way we choose to do that may look a little different, but it will be equally as effective. And so, what we face now is a cultural landscape that's rapidly changing. We have values that are under question, we have truth that seems to be changing. People don't really know what a lot of truth is anymore. We have this idea that understanding is up for debate. People are really asking, why should we believe? Simple yes no answers aren't enough anymore, it seems. We have to show them why it's important to believe. But we know the answer is the same. We know the answer continues to be for this ever changing world, continues to be the compassion, the love, the mercy, and the grace. Forgiveness that God's people can show. And because we've been given these things, now we can share these things as well. And what I love is that God desperately wants to reach this world by showing him the traits of his son and the traits of truth and goodness. He wants to show the world that through the life of his people, That's us. We who believe. This is why we meet. This is why we meet here every week. Because we want to encourage one another on to good deeds, to to continue to reach, to continue to get out of your comfort zone, and to see people as people who who aren't fully self-sufficient, but people who need hope. This is why we meet here here every week. I mean, we we have not been brought to this place every Sunday so we could hunker down in safety. We have not been given all these gifts and resources so that we can sit and wait for people to come or, or, or hope that people come back. We've not been given all of our gifts and all of our resources so that we can reminisce about what used to be or who we once were. Somebody said this a while back, and I just thought it was worth putting up here. He says this, God's vision for his church shouldn't be reduced to nostalgia. That spoke to me. Because our past has been pretty amazing. I I can't tell you how many times I brag on you to my minister friends. (laughs) I mean, I I tell you, I I brag on you to our family I bragged on to you to my friends, because y'all told me that this was a good church before we got here. Y'all told me the elders were great before I got here. Uh, But when I got here, it was all true. Some of you are laughing because you're like, do you know this person sitting next to me? Uh, It's true, though. I I love this church. I love all of you, even the ones who don't like me very much. I love y'all because y'all are great. The things that you guys choose to do, God says, yes. You want to do that? Okay, go. You got my full support. When y'all do stuff, when y'all do things, when y'all choose to, to do ministry, it grows and it works. So I brag on you. To move to this location in the early 1960s from a highly visible location downtown took a lot of faith. There was nothing past Knickerbocker, from what I hear. There was barely anything here. You know, there was a college right over there, but it was small. The move was risky. Some people complained. Some said the leaders were probably being a little bit too daring, too risky. Some said they probably weren't following God enough. Some may have said they were bending the culture just so they could get more people. Some may have believed that it was way too financially impossible, it was, it was too much money wise some chose not to come here with us, so they actually moved to different churches yet here we are God blesses the work you choose to do together because when you guys get together and choose it is not because you're like yeah let's do something else, it is because we believe God is leading us to do something you move through faith We're still reaping the benefits of the vision that God gave this church 60 plus years ago. But the truth is that the vision back then was a little uncertain. It was a risky move. There's a lot of money they spent on this location. It was a risky move then. Vision was risky then. Vision is uncertain now. But this church chose to move together and worship together, and blessing followed. When God gives his people a vision, when he chooses to lead them, there is always hesitancy and uncertainty. But don't fear, because God has already gone ahead of us. Even the thing we most fear, death. Jesus calms his disciples, and he tells them not to worry. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'm coming back to get you. Don't worry. And it lets me know this. God will never ask us to go somewhere He's not already been. He's already been where He's asking us to go. Look at Israel. God freed His people from Egypt because He had a preferred future for them. He knew that they weren't going to thrive in that place. He knew that, that, that they needed to move they needed to go somewhere. They needed to have a vision. So he had a preferred future for them. He knew the plan he had for them, and he stayed with them every step of the way. In Exodus, we see, By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of, f- of, of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Hear this, Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. But even though he had brought them so far and done some amazing things, he delivered them from a life of slavery. I mean, how many of those people couldn't see anything but their lack of comfort? They kept wanting to go back to Egypt. But that wasn't an option. In Numbers 13, skipping ahead a couple of, of books, Moses sent out 12 people to spy out the land. Promised land, the land he wanted them all to go to, and the stories they brought back it proved it was an amazing place. Joshua and Caleb, man, they were on fire. They saw it, and it was good, and they told everyone, "We got this." Ten of the others only saw danger, difficulty, and fear. I mean, some saw the vision that God had laid out, but others didn't. And and what you see is this forty years of wandering, trying to figure out what's next, and. What's so fascinating to me, and it just hit me this week, is that after 40 years of this Israel group traveling and wandering, the vision never changed. He still had a preferred future for this group of people. Yet, years later, whenever it finally came time to move, some circumstances kind of began to challenge their faith and resolve. You started seeing the, or hearing these commands of God that seemed a little illogical. Um, they threatened to derail this resolve and unity. One of the main challenges, if you look at all this together, one of the main challenges that this Israeli group faced, the Hebrew people faced, was they finally get to the promised land and they lose their leader, the leader they'd had for years and years. Moses died before they ever made it in. Now we know why, because we have scripture, but for the average Hebrew family, what are they going through? What are they thinking? Oh, no. We've lost our leader. They had to choose to trust Joshua. He'd been with Moses this whole time. He was chosen to lead. But they had to choose to trust him. I mean, trust is always a choice, isn't it? But Joshua comes through. He makes this bold challenge and declaration that, that uh, Mark um, gave us last week. He says, you know, choose for yourself this day who you are going to serve. And he tells them, for me and my house, I'm going to choose to serve God. Talk about encouraging, inspiring, and bold. People were ready. So they all decided to move together. They crossed the Jordan right into enemy territory. It's the promised land, everything that they had ever wanted. And then this landscape in front of them, it looked nothing like the landscape that they'd come from. It was fertile and green. I I tell you, if, if you've ever been there, it is surprising how beautiful the land is. Some of the best vineyards in the world, some of the best fruit, it was all ready for them. God had prepared it for them. So they're ready to go. They're all in enemy territory. And then God says, oh, by the way, I need your men, every fighting man, to consecrate himself. Because they don't bear the sign of the covenant. So this whole group of maybe two million people cross into enemy territory. And every single fighting man gets circumcised. And for five plus days, as the healing is continuing, they are completely defenseless. If you remember back in the days of, of Levi and Simeon, sons of, of, uh, of Jacob, that happened in a city. Every man got this circumcision done and while they were healing, Simeon and Levi came in and killed, killed every one of them. Horrible moment. So here they are, completely defenseless. But he's also telling them, trust me, I'll do the heavy lifting. I'll do the fighting. Does this seem logical? Trust is always a choice. So they finally heal up, and the very first town they're told to take is possibly the most difficult town of the entire Canaan land, Jericho. Seemed unbeatable. But as they were preparing for battle... Got the strength and courage to do it. God says, you know, instead of fighting, why don't you stay together? In fact, y'all walk together and worship together. All I want you to do is stay together and worship, and I will do the heavy lifting. So for seven days, that's what they did. They worshiped. They sang. They screamed. There were moments of silence. But they were together. Did everyone understand? No. <laughs> I wonder if that last moment was not a shock to every one of them. Wow. God actually came through. Yeah, I know we went through, the de- through that Red Sea moment. I know that. I know the Jordan waters parted. But this. None of these moves seemed logical, really. You had to trust the whole way. But as Isaiah says, very specifically, my thoughts are not your thoughts, declares the Lord. my, My ways are your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts, your thoughts. And even though this direction seemed a little illogical, God wasn't worried and now there should his people be worried i know every time a, a church hears the word vision you know people start getting a little bit antsy and you start thinking change and you start thinking um, extreme and, and extremes if i can encourage you instead to not think extremes okay <laughs> i know there's hesitancy I, we expect it right of course we of course we're going to be because we we don't know what, what god's leading us into I don't think we're, you know, we're not moving, if that's what you're worried about. You know, we're not going to do something like they did way back then, where we're going to pick up and move. I mean, it's not like that. But God has a vision for us. And so my encouragement to you is to trust and to pray. Keep this in prayer consistently. Trust your leaders. It's always been interesting to me how we are really trusting of our leaders until they ask us to do something we're not fully you know, invested in. Trust your leaders. These guys are great. They are are some of the most, I would say, humble men of God I've ever met in my life. And we need to also remember that if God is leading us in a particular path, it's going to be one He's already traveled. He's always going to lead us into a place that He has already been. So we don't need to be afraid. Jesus made a statement to his followers in John 16. John 16 is a heavy chapter because he's laying out some things that are going to happen to them and going to happen to him. But, But then he's trying to encourage them. I mean, these are heavy things here. But he says towards the very end, he says, listen, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Now, what I'm excited about is that over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about this vision God has given our vision team. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of these exciting things that are coming, and, and, and I think they're going to inspire you. I think that there are going to be some things that you're going to say, yes, I want to be involved in that. I believe that this congregation has yet to fulfill, let me phrase, phrase it this way, this congregation has yet to see a lot of the opportunity that we still have to participate in. There's still a lot more to do. And what I love is that, is that I believe that God's led us into this place where we've got some objectives we'd love to share with you. We've got some things that we would love to accomplish over the next several years. Things that that, that hopefully will make our, our community better. That hopefully will make our community more like, like Jesus. We might even start reaching people we have never thought we could reach before. God's leading us to accomplish some I say some bold things in the next few years. But we're also going to be looking at how we can accomplish this together. We're going to be talking about it in our classes, and we're also going to be talking about it here in our lesson time. I know many of you have questions. You'll notice I always have my email here on the screen at the very end of every lesson. We always have our elders and their wives standing up in, uh, you know, in this auditorium ready for prayer for you to come and ask questions and talk with them. I would say utilize those those outlets, talk to us. If you have questions, if you really want to know how do I fit into this, or, or what can I do to help, we would love to help share that with you. The truth is that God has something in mind for us, even more than we're already doing, and we're doing some pretty amazing things already. But He's asking us to trust that He knows how we can best bless our community. And I'm telling you, He desperately wants to reach this community. There are people that we come into contact with each and every day that desperately need God. They need to hear the gospel. They need forgiveness. They need redemption. They need to know what it looks like and what the outcome is of living a life like Jesus. Because they've been living their own life for so long and it hadn't gotten them very far. But to show them, hey, it's okay to love. It's okay to forgive. And you know what? Whatever you've done, it can be forgiven. Some people, all they need to hear is that they are loved. So he's asking us to trust how how he will lead us to best bless our community. I'm asking you to be in prayer as we move through these next several weeks. I'm asking you to uh, stay with us. Follow the Holy Spirit's lead. Let's, let's, Let's come together. Let's worship. Let's stay together. And let's see where God is leading us in this preferred future for our church family. Because the vision of God is going to be exciting. I'm excited to share that with you. Uh, if you need prayer after we are done, find one of our elders, find me. If you have questions, find one of our elders, find me, one of our staff. We would love to engage in that conversation. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for what it is you have done for this church and through this church. Lord, there has been such a history of boldness and faith and courage here. Lord, I know that there are some, some people who will never be the same because of the work that has gone on here. And my prayer is that we don't just sit back and say, great, it's been a good, it's been a good, a good church. I pray that you would help us to be as excited as you are for what is to come. Lord, help us to be people who are constantly focused on reaching others, showing others love. Help us to be people who are starting that process in our own family. Lord, as we, as we show the light and the love of Jesus to our spouses, to our children, to our parents. Lord, help us to be people who encourage one another when we come into this place. And even when we see each other out, and about, help our faith to be evident in every part of our life. Lord, we pray for the future of this church. We pray for our present, and we are so thankful, Lord, for our past. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together and let's sing.